presence here tonight with us. Thank you for blessing us with this building that we can all come hearing to praise you. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for dwelling in us and being in the midst with us. We bless, we pray that you bless our ears with the knowledge and truth that through your word today. We worship you, Lord, and we praise you. Thank you for the precious blood that you shed on us, shed on the cross for us, Lord, that cleanses us. Thank you, Father. We give you all the glory and all the praise. Amen. gathered here tonight. Thank you, Father God. Thank you, Lord, that you are leading each and everyone's paths. Thank you, Jesus. Prepare our hearts and our minds to receive every word that is spoken tonight, Lord, that you may change us, Lord, and lead us all into the plans and purposes that you have for each and every soul here, Lord. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Heavenly Father, we'd like to thank you for everything you've done for us. My little Ezekiel is in the hospital, is back home. I'd like to thank you very, very much. Amen. I just want to say thank you, Lord Jesus, that you are with us. I want to say thank you for your presence. Thank you for your presence in us, over us, on us, in our midst. And I just want to say thank you for the wonder that we can worship you. Thank you for the cross. Thank you that you made a way for us to know the Father. Thank you, Lord God. Thank you that you care for us. Thank you that you know us and yet you care for us. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you that your love is lavished upon us. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. You, you may be seated, please. 
How are we all today? How are we all today? Who's ready for today? Self-control. So, can I just have a photo of um, the topic that I'm going to preach about? I I chose this photo. Uh, There's a a promise here in the photo um, where Peter tells us that we will never be unproductive in our walk with Christ. That we will always be fruitful in our walk with Christ if we are strategically following the true steps of faith. And it's interesting now, um, <clears throat> what, holds, what holds the foundation of faith, the Bible talks about uh, that without faith it's impossible to please him because the one who comes to him must believe he is and is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. So you begin now, every person here, to see a greater picture of what faith is. Can everyone see this now? Because the Bible says that faith comes from hearing and hearing the word about Christ. But here you see the true foundation of what faith is. And you see now uh, from this uh, how to climb the ladder of faith. Can we see this someone? So what did I speak about last week? I spoke about these two. Does everyone remember? We look a bit uh, puzzled. Does everyone remember what I spoke about last week? Because I'm going to ask you. So I spoke about uh, virtue and knowledge. And today I'm going to speak about self-control. And how does does self-control function? And what are the areas that God wants us to focus on? It's a good topic, yeah? Probably the... What keeps you connected to the world, what keeps the devil connected to you, what keeps sin connected to you, it's the lack of self-control. You see this? Because after you deal, after you deal in this area, your journey shoots off. So it's a, it's a very healthy teaching, and it opens your eyes to understand what God wants you to focus on. And uh, you're going to... Don't cry yet, please. <laughs> don't cry yet. We haven't started. <laughs> don't cry just yet. So, just a quick um, reflection of what we spoke about last week. I know there was a lot last week. <clears throat> so, does anyone remember um, the, ten, the nine steps of knowledge 
that I spoke about last week. When it comes to the knowledge of God, what does it do first in your journey? Very good. Clap for him. He calls you out of darkness first into his marvelous light. So he calls you out of darkness. Second step. Humble, you humble yourself. Third step. What's that, sorry? Holiness. Character. You're on fire today, huh? Today. Fifth step. Behavior. Six. Live righteously. You, you copy, you, you got them on the paper, yeah? No. I'm joking, I'm joking. Uh, seventh. Seventh step. What's that? He calls you to inherit a blessing. Don't repay insult for insult or um, uh, evil for evil, for he's called you to inherit a blessing. You know you can actually lose your blessing. And you know for the lack of self-control, you can also lose the blessings of God. I'm going to speak about it today. I'd like to speak about the, 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 the good and the bad. You know, today we always speak about the good, and we neglect the challenging ones. Isn't that right? Because no one wants to hear the challenging ones. But we will hear uh, sound doctrine, healthy doctrine, remember? We remember that, right? Okay, so in other words, yeah. there'll be order in your life. The eighth step, so you, you're called to fellowship with Jesus so he can begin to entrust you with spiritual gifts. Isn't it interesting that Christianity today, they get saved? Remember last week, yeah? God's going to use you so much. God's going to uh, shake the nations through you. And you haven't even dealt with the darkness yet. That's Christianity today. We entice people by what they can do for God rather than the work that God has to do inside isn't that right, someone? The biggest mistake today I find when I'm ministering, it's what God can do, what God can do through you regarding the gifts instead of what God needs to do inside of you. And then your vehicle keeps stalling and he takes you back to the area that keeps dominating you. Your sinful nature, uh, Satan's domain, and you begin to see, am I built on a healthy doctrine with the Lord? Uh, why have we come here today? To be built on a healthy doctrine. The Bible says that we are rightly to handle the word of truth. Handle it for what first? For your own heart. And how he begins to cleanse you. So the eighth step and the ninth step is where you start to see spiritual gifts. Remember I spoke about last week, the Middle Eastern, when they get saved, they want the gifts first. And I'm not attacking anyone. But there's so much hype. There's so much, uh, where the Savior to come to save the whole world. And before you can save anyone, you have to get out of darkness yourself. 
So the ninth step is to complete the works of faith before Jesus' return. How does Jesus want to find you? He wants to return. He wants to return seeing that you've completed your assignment on earth. Isn't that challenging? You, can, you hear three voices. No, I don't want to say the middle one, but you hear, I'll say two of them. You hear two voices, go away, I don't know you. Or, or you, well done, my good and faithful servant. I don't want to say the middle one. The middle one is that he's going to spit you out of his mouth. But I won't preach about that today. Because that's scary scripture, right? We don't hear scary scriptures here. <laughs> You'll hear everything here. Jesus wants us to have the full package, amen? You know the Bible says that you have to give an account for every idle word that you spoke? Wow. Where's that in the Bible? It's in Matthew. You have to give an account for every idle word that you spoke. Why? Your mouth was created to speak from God. Nothing else. Anyways. The good thing, the Bible says, the, remember how to walk in your calling. The Bible says the one who calls you is faithful and he will do it. So that's the promise that we have, every one of us, if we humble ourselves in the beginning. So, <coughs> that was the steps of knowledge, right? Uh, we ready now? We ready for self-control? Now, I want to, we got the microphone ready? AJ, can you get the microphone ready? Now, please, one at a time, because some people complain on the internet that they're not hearing the people um, say the answer. So, yeah, it's Ben. It's, it's, it's Ben, but yeah, it's all right. So, <laughs> so, one at a time for all the people that are online. You can also have a go at it. You should be here, really, but, <laughs> but it's okay. Um, if you were to diagnose yourself that what's the real issue why you lack self-control uh, what name would you put on it? If you were to diagnose yourself because you lack self-control uh, what name would you put on it? So I, I just said the microphone. <laughs> <laughs> So whoever wants to give an answer, put your hand up, and AJ will come to you. Uh, Vida, did you see my notes, Vida? No, you didn't. Okay. I'm joking. Uh, we can't. One sec, bro. Sorry. Um, chaos. I can't hear you. Sorry. Chaos. Chaos. Okay. So I'm look. I'm <laughs> Tony, you want to say something, Tony? <laughs> so, so if you were to diagnose yourself, it's, it's, a, it's a good question. Um, what, what do you think 
that would fall, un fall under if you were to say that you lack self-control? What's the real issue you're actually dealing with here? Because listen, if you don't see it, if you don't see the real issue why you lack self-control, then you'll be chasing the wind. Right? So, uh, no, 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 no monopoly here or will of fortune. I was going to say uh, willpower. Willpower? No, no. So if you were to diagnose the lack of self-control. So it's more of a why do you suffer well, my from that? My sister's saying weakness. Weakness? Okay, Temptation. weakness. Yeah, we can go with that. So whoever gets the answer, I will stop. So we're going to be here all night. Uh, <laughs> attachment? Attachment to what? To the, to the world or like sin? Or? To why you lack self-control? So you, whatever what you, you're You're attached to the world or? Yeah, the world. Yeah, well, we'll go with that. Okay. Anyone can have a go. Just put your hands up, please. And I'll probably say um, pleasing others. Pleasing like others? Upholding the image to please others, please other people. Because being yourself won't probably be the right thing to be around other people, something like that. Okay, so the fear of man. So the Bible says the fear of man proves to be a snare, a trap, but it's not the answer yet. The sinful nature. Sinful nature, okay. We're getting closer. The pleasures. Closer. Closer. Uh, we have this, this, um, yeah, up there. We've got to wait our turn as well, please, yeah? I think people have a desire to so do something. So desire, yeah. Desire. Yeah, we, we can accept that. A desire. So I'm looking for the root cause. If you were to say why you lack self-control, what's the root cause of it? My sister says unbelief. Your sister? You're talking yeah. about your sister. <laughs> <laughs> that's, a, that's a picture of Adam and Eve that you're talking about. With your <laughs> My sister. It's a good one, bro. You covered yourself in all areas. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Attached to the old men? Yeah, old nature. So those two men at the back, they were close. But I'm looking for a particular word. It's from the scripture. Uh, where are we? <coughs> Whose hands up were first? Uh, just, uh, just go to the back, bro. It's close. Those two at the back, they were probably the closest. Sinful nature and pleasures. Disobedience. Disobedience. Okay, we can accept that. You want another round two, yeah? Round two? Round two, you want to go again? We'll come back to you. Disobedience or pride. Disobedience or pride? Yeah. Okay, we can accept that. Not yet. Evita, you've got to wait your turn, bro, please. Raps, online said enjoying your sin. What's that, sorry? Online, online said enjoying your sin. Enjoying your sin? Yeah, it falls under pleasures, what that man said. He wants to go again, he's eager. It's a desire. Desire, personal desire? Yes. Okay, not yet. All right. Yeah. Temptation. 
Temptation. Okay, close. Those three are close. I don't know how I find these questions, and I start on everyone every single Wednesday. Lust. What? Uh, sorry. Lust. Lust. Okay. Yeah, it's part of it. Yeah, Richard. Richard wants to have a go. Addiction. Addictions. Okay. All right. Here we go. Looks like we're in an auction. <laughs> um, go Bernie. Go Bernie then. Selfishness. Selfishness. Yeah, we're close. Very. What's that, sir? Like something about big. All right. All right, yep. Oh, um, bondage. Bondage? Bondage. Yeah. They're not wrong answers, but we're looking for the root cause of lacking self-control. What is the root cause of lacking self-control? Lack of discipline. Lack of discipline. They're all right, but I'm looking for... No, no, it's a microphone, remember? Rebellion? Rebellion? Yeah, it's a good answer, but not yet. All right, who's next? Uh, yeah. Um, you go based on your emotions? Emotions, okay. Self-indulgent. Self-indulgence, yeah. There's probably been four very close ones, but we're talking scripture here. Uh, character? Character. Unbelief. Unbelief. They're all, they're all part of that package. Unrepentance. Not repentant. Yeah. Uh, Everyone's Googling the scripture. <laughs> Everyone's Googling. Sorry, bro. Uh, pursuing instant gratification. Yeah, gratification, indulgence on the flesh, yeah. They're close. We'll go three more. Three more. Yeah, we'll go, we'll go here. Uh, go there, AJ. Go there, and then we'll come back here. Sorry, bro. Suffering pain. When you're suffering in pain, sometimes you cannot self-control yourself. Okay. Yeah, we can accept that. We'll come over here. And then we'll go. We'll finish with Miguel. That's it. Idolization. What's that, sorry? Idolization. Idolization, yeah. You can accept that. In John it says, keep yourself from idols, little children. I think it's pride. Pride? Yeah. Miguel, the pressure's on you, bro. Pressure's on you. Lucky last. Um, is it greed? Greed? Okay. All right. Let's get the scripture out. Let's get the scripture out. So, so everyone answered correctly. Probably the ones at the back, they hit some chords. But let's, let's go to it.
So, for all the people that are lacking self-control, the Bible diagnoses the real issue of why you lack self-control. Would that the scripture uh, speak to us? 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 1 to 5. Now, it's interesting because... It's interesting here because let the scripture diagnose what you're really dealing with. Okay, a lot of people, they can't put the finger on the problem of what they're actually dealing with. Now me, I'll just tell you something about me. I thought the answer was the lack of the fear of God. But it's deeper than that. That's what I was leaning on myself before I went to the scripture. I thought it was the lack of the fear of God. And there's, there's, there's many truths to that. But the scripture here is clear of where the lack of self-control comes from. Are you ready? But it says, mark this, there will be terrible times in the last days. Are we in the last days? We sure are. And I say this humbly. Uh, let's not be these people, amen? Amen? Let's not fall victim to this. <clears throat> so in the New King James Version, it says perilous times, as in the, the most darkest times before the Lord returns. It says, mark this, <coughs> there will be terrible times in the last days. People will be That's the issue. That's the root issue of why, of why you lack self-control because you're a lover of yourself, not a lover of God yet. And when you come to terms that you still love your flesh more than God, then you can begin uh, the process to loving God. People will be lovers of themselves. Now look at the pattern here. Lovers of money, boastful, proud, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, without love, unforgiven, unforgiving, slanderous, without self-control. Brutal, not lovers of the good, Treacherous, rash, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. So that man said pleasure. Keep going. Having a form of godliness but denying its power. Wow. What's true power from God? To walk in what? Yeah. What's true power from God, from the Holy Spirit? Is to be love, in love with God, not in love with your flesh anymore. So we're, we're moving now, we're transitioning now from knowledge to self-control. Now, don't you want to know what you're dealing with? Why you lack self-control? Don't you want to know why you're lacking self-control? That's the root cause, because you're still in love with your own flesh. Having a form of godliness, but denying its power. What power is he speaking about here? A power to walk in self-control, which is a fruit of the Spirit. Galatians 5 tells you that 
self-control is one of the fruits and characters of the Holy Spirit, right? So who gives you self-control? It's when you yield to the Holy Spirit. So having a form of godliness but denying its power have nothing to do with such people. Someone will say, you're causing separation and division. I've been, lab I've been labeled, the last two years I've been labeled a lot. But isn't it interesting that when you yoke, uh, when you yoke yourself with people that are lacking self-control, you'll begin to believe that you cannot overcome the flesh. Isn't that right? When you, lack, when you, when you surround yourself with people that have a form of godliness, they know who God is, and they know who, how He functions, His character and His way of life, but them, they self, they're slaves to the lack of self-control, you'll begin to believe that you cannot overcome the flesh. Isn't that true? So here, the Bible is telling you have nothing to do with such people. Because once it spreads to the body, it will corrupt everyone else. A, li a little leaven corrupts the whole batch. And when you sit with people that are leaders and people that, are, that, have, a, that have a spotlight to share the truth, and them, they themselves have been, de been defeated and feeding the flesh because of the lack of self-control, Imagine what those little children, the little babes, are just springing their heads up and they, and they think the flesh is rising against me and it's dominating me, it's controlling me. What hope do I have if this man, he knows the Lord and he's not conquered that place? So we understand now that the lack of self-control comes because you're a lover of yourself. Well, I find to diagnose your situation is one step to restoration, right? To diagnose yourself, to understand the real struggle of why you're like this is the pathway to restoration. And that means you have to be responsible take responsibility and come to understand that you're lacking self-control. Okay, let's go to 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 7. <clears throat> why so many people, why so many people don't see godly results in their life? Why so many believers don't see godly results in their life? And don't have a good relationship with the Holy Spirit where they see the manifestation of God in their life is because they lack self-control. So can we go to that scripture? This is how the Holy Spirit wanted me to start the message. To understand or to diagnose yourself why you're continuously lacking self-control in many areas in your life. I'm going to share which areas they are soon is because you lack self-control. But I love Jesus, but you have an uh, issue with uh, self-control. Remember what I spoke about two weeks, or last week was it? Two weeks ago. I love Jesus, no one speak to me. <laughs> this is the, this is the Christianity today. I love Jesus, no sound, no sound doctrine, no sound judgment, 
And there's a good balance, right? There's a good balance with the love of God and the fear of God. There must be a good and right balance. So, look what it says here. And it's very interesting here. <coughs> because why so many people's prayers are not answered, why so many people's prayers are not answered is because they lack self-control. Hate me or love me, I don't care. I tell you the truth. Why your prayers are not getting answered from the Lord Jesus? Because one of the greatest principles of the Lord, through the fruit of the Spirit, of why self-control was designed by the Lord was to, to get the world out of you, to get sin out of you, and to get Satan away from your life. Yeah. Anyways, the end of culmination of all things is near. Therefore, be sound-minded and self-controlled for the purpose of prayer. For the purpose of what? Why? Staying balanced and focused on all things of God. Now, let me tell you something. If you're not balanced in God, then who are you balanced in? Your own flesh. And that's the truth. Anyone's flesh can rise at any time. And let's be humble now. Anyone's flesh, including myself, can rise at any time. That's why it's a day-to-day -day walk. It's not something you conquer and you disregard it. It's something you must be on guard every day of your life until you see the Lord. Yes? <clears throat> Therefore, be sound-minded and self-controlled for the purpose of prayer, staying balanced and focused on the things of God so that your communication will be clear. Whose antenna is broken? Who has a broken antenna now in their journey? One of the major reasons is because you, you've lacked self-control and you've, you've, you've went down the path of continuously loving yourself and feeding that brook and, and becoming part of the fleshly nature that's governing you. Whose antenna is broken? So that your communication will be clear, reasonable, specific, and pleasing to Him. Now, do you see now why people's prayers are not answered? Do you see the real issue now of why you're not moving forward in the Lord? Why was true knowledge given to you when you have the Bible in your hand? Why was knowledge given to you? What was it designed to birth inside of you? Self-control. I just spoke about that scripture. From knowledge, you transcend into self-control. Now, imagine you lack self-control in your life. And what are the areas that God wants you to have self-control in? I'm going to explain today. Is everyone's aw uh, everyone looks awake now. <laughs> Everyone definitely awake. So, <clears throat> I felt good about this through the Holy Spirit to start why you lack self-control. It's because you're a lover of yourself. 
Secondly, why your prayers and your results with God are blocked is because you lack one of the major principles of self-control. Thirdly, we go to Titus chapter 2, verse 2 to 15. A godly life consists of living a self-controlled life. Now, can I share something with you? Uh, the greatest dangers that I see in Christianity today, we are so based on hype, not foundation. If we, if I, if we were to get up every week, Jesus loves you, and he's not angry at you, everyone would go out happy. But to work on that foundation and to dig deep, I feel in my spirit that we are lacking this so much. Because what God wants to birth inside of us is so important for us to understand how to move forward in Him. We are, we are so emotional. We are so shallow as Christians. There is sound doctrine. There was, there's healthy doctrine. There is a good foundation that God wants us to be established in. Why? Because He wants us to be complete. Did the flesh come against me? Did the enemy come against me? Did I lack self-control in the beginning of my journey? Of course I did. But I understood through the scriptures what God wants to do inside of me. Yes? The dangers is where you, you, you wrestle so much with sin and you come to believe that your situation is greater than God's word. Where you believe I cannot overcome the flesh. I tried and it didn't work for me. So I remained a slave to the flesh. You have to keep your eye on God's word in these areas of your life. Because when the flesh is trying to wage war against you and rule over you, you can come to believe that there's no way escaping this desire to love yourself more than loving God. And that's why Jesus died, that you no longer live for yourself, but him. And that's the challenge we all have today to be like this, which is actually what God wants from us. Okay. <clears throat> it says, teach the older men to be temperate, worthy of respect, self-controlled, and sound in faith, in love and in endurance. Likewise, teach, uh, teach the older women to be reverent in the way they live, not to be slanderous or addicted to much wine, but to teach what is good. Do you see the order that God wants to establish us in? Then they can urge the younger women to love their husbands and children, to be self-controlled and pure, to be busy at home, to be kind and to be subject to their husbands, so that no one will malign the word of God. So that, that word they malign is to actually put the word of God to shame. Because when God sees that you're out of order, you're actually putting the word of God to shame. Or you're dishonoring the word of God. You know, you can dishonor, in the same way you can dishonor Jesus, you can dishonor the Holy Spirit. You can also dishonor the word of God. Because the word became flesh. Anyways, let's keep going. Similarly, encourage the young men to be self-controlled. In everything, set them an example by doing what is good in your teaching. Show integrity, 
seriousness and soundness of speech that cannot be condemned so that those who oppose you may be ashamed because they have nothing bad to say about us. The world has a lot to say about us today because we, have, we lack self-control. The world has a lot to say about Christianity today because we're not the example of Christ. Isn't that sad? And isn't that the truth? Why the world will not come to Christ? Because they see Christians the same as them? It's the truth. Remember, in the Acts of the Apostles, they were called people of the way. They didn't have to open their mouth. People saw them in the light. It's the truth. We all need to be people of the way. We have so much to say today, but our life doesn't align what we actually say. Now, from this teaching and from the teachings that have been spoken about in the past, you see the pattern of where the Holy Spirit's taken us. He wants foundational believers, not shallow believers. He wants people to be equipped in the Word of God so we can become the image of Christ. It says here, teach slaves to be subject to their master and everything to try to please them, not to talk back to them. And not to steal from them, but to show, that, to show that they can be fully trusted so that in every way they will make the teaching about God our Savior attractive. For the grace of God has appeared that offers salvation to all people. Now why has the grace of God has, has appeared to all of us? It offers what? Salvation to all people. Look what follows. It teaches us to say no to ungodliness and, wor and worldly passion. To live a what life? Self-controlled life. Now, why has the true grace of our Lord Jesus Christ come? So we can be self-controlled. That we're not dominated by the world, sin, or the enemy anymore. Can we see this somewhere? To, to be self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in this present age. While we wait for the blessed hope, the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us to redeem us from all wickedness and to purify for himself a people that are his very own, eager to do what is good. So you begin to see the foundation of self-control. You begin to see, are you after a healthy doctrine? Is your journey healthy with the Lord Jesus Christ? Because I'm showing you the way to that. Every one of us here, the Bible says that we are rightly to handle the word of truth in our lives. This is how you handle the truth, so you can mature. Okay. Let's go to Proverbs 25, 28. Let's get my teaching from this. Uh, we'll go to the amplified one, please. <coughs> So, sorry, just go back. I read it from the New King James. 
and then I'll also read it from the Amplified. Whoever has no rule over his own spirit is like a city broken down without walls. Now, I'd like to read it from the Amplified. Like a city that is broken down without walls, leaving it unprotected, is a man who has no self-control over his spirit and sets himself up for trouble. Okay? So, I'd like to take my teaching from this. Of how does self-control function and how does God and the areas that God wants us to focus on regarding self-control. Are you ready? Now, why does he only speak about your spirit? Uh, go to the New King James, please, back there. Why does he only speak about your spirit? Why doesn't he speak over your mind or your body? Why does he speak about your spirit only? Have you ever thought about that? But this is where the Holy Spirit directed me. Why does he only speak about your spirit? Can I share something here? <coughs> Can everyone repeat this? I am a spirit who has a soul that lives in a body. What are you first? Yeah, you are a spirit first. What does the spirit do? It nurtures the soul. What does the soul do? Nurtures the body. Hmm. So, let's go to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 23. This is the area that God wants you to have self-control over. Your soul, your spirit, your soul, and your body. And I'm going to share what they are. And where does God communicate? Okay, now what does it say here? Now may the God of peace... Make you holy in every way, and may your whole spirit, soul, body, be kept blameless until the Lord Jesus Christ comes again. The three areas that he wants you to rule over. Have you ever asked yourself, do you have self-control over your spirit, your soul, and your body? And if you, if I, if, if you were to ask me, I would give you this humble answer. I'm still working on it. And I'm not being humble. I'm actually telling the truth. Because it's a forever work. But are you in that place? How does Jesus want to find you? How does Jesus want to find you? Jesus loved me. Jesus died for me. How does Jesus want to find you? That's Christianity today. Jesus loved me. Uh, this, is, uh, this is Christianity today. That's Christianity. When you go to the scriptures, it's clear how Jesus wants to find you. And he says, when I come back, will I find anyone? With what? What faith is he talking about? He's talking about the faith that I'm speaking about. All those principles from true knowledge that's given from God, it's meant to birth self-control in you. Why you're, you're not seeing the true results of God's manifestation in your life is because you're neglecting this major area.
Now may the God of peace make you holy in every way. Your spirit, your soul, your body be kept blameless unto the Lord Jesus Christ. Now you start to see the areas of where Satan attacks. Yeah, you see. What are the three areas that he wants to attack? Where? And where where is his final destination that he wants to conquer? Your spirit. Why? Because God speaks to your spirit. Satan wants to take that place. He's envious, he's jealous, he wants to attack the same place that God wants to dwell. Should I share it? Before Christ, I used to fly in dreams. I used to fly. I share with you. Probably started at the age of 11 years old. I used to fly in my dream and do rude things with girls in my dream from the age of 11. And I used to fly knowing where I was flying to and doing those rude things with girls in my dream. And when I come to the Lord, the Holy Spirit showed me that Satan, that, that Satan was controlling my spirit. And I, I'm, I'm happy to share, I, I came out of hell. And this happened a good 20 to 30 times when I was young. And I would go to sleep and my spirit wanted that. And I would fly to places like I was a spirit and God was showing me that's your spirit uh, feasting on that. And when I come to Christ, the transition began of breaking uh, the iniquity, the deep iniquity that I fed for so long that made my spirit be one with that. Are we understanding someone? I don't mean to catch you off guard. But I also like to speak about my experiences. And that was something that the Holy Spirit brought to the surface. I don't want to go too much in that, but I'll just give a little example. That when you dream, it's your spirit going there. Okay. Now, what are you first? You're a spirit who has a soul that lives in a body. God is spirit. We worship God in the spirit and the truth. You can also do that for Satan. Satan is a spirit. You can worship Satan in the spirit and in his lie. That's the truth. I had so many experiences with Satan and with Jesus Christ, I can't tell you. But if I didn't see these things in my dream and he sp speaks to me about them, I wouldn't have understood the depth of that. So, <coughs> your body is your earth suit. Your body is your connection with the world. Your body is the vehicle through which you experience the natural realm. Every single interaction that you share with others is through your body. With your body, you speak and communicate. 
with your physical being, you see, you hear, and touch the world around you. Your physical body can be trained to become instrument of the sin nature, but that doesn't mean your body is itself sin. Now, I want to emphasize on this, please. Your physical body can be trained to become an instrument of, of sinful nature, but that doesn't mean your body is itself sin. Do we understand that? A lot of people quote scripture from Romans. Anyways, but your body now under Christ is what? People tell me what I didn't want to do, I end up doing what a wretched man I am. They quote that scripture when they're in a defeat phrase. Your body is whose now? The temple of what? Your body. Not your soul, not your spirit, your whole body that carries them all is the temple of God now. So that means you can have the victory. You can have self-control in the body, right? The, bo the Bible says the one who walks by the Spirit will not gratify the desires of the flesh. Now, when I came to terms that Jesus Christ achieved this for me and I can walk by the Spirit every day, I understood that I have to fight for this. I have to walk in my true identity. So, with your physical being, oh sorry, your physical body can be trained to become an instrument of the sinful nature, but that doesn't mean your body itself is sin. Your body can be used for either sin or holiness. The choice is yours. In fact, your body can be a carrier of the glory of God. We go to 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 12 to 20, very quickly. Everything is permissible for me, but not all things are beneficial. Do you like that one? Everything is permissible for me, but are you going to benefit from it? But not all things are beneficial. Everything is permissible for me, but I will not be enslaved by anything and brought under its power, allowing it to control me. What is he speaking about here? What is he speaking about here? He's talking about his flesh. He's talking about his flesh here. Next, please. Food is for the stomach and the stomach for food, but God will do away with both of them. The body is not intended for sexual immorality, but for the Lord. And the Lord is for the body to save, sanctify, and raise it again because of the sacrifice of the cross. What, what was the true sacrifice of the cross? First to what? To save you, and then sanctification. And then raise it again when he comes back. Next one. And God has not only raised the Lord to life, but will also raise us up by His power. Next one. Do you not know that your bodies are members of Christ? Am I therefore to take the members of Christ and make them part of a prostitute? Certainly not. Now look at this here. Look at this. 
Look how it happens. Do you not know that the one who joins himself to a prostitute is one body with her? For he says the two shall be one flesh. But the one who is united and joined to the Lord is one spirit with him. Now look at this. Now look at this here. Look how the enemy attacks. He's made people believe that it's a fleshly thing. Satan is a spirit, just like God is a spirit. Look how he attacks that realm first. Where does it enter? How do you get lured to sexual immorality? Is it something from the outside or is it birthed from the inside first? It's birthed from your spirit first. Run away from sexual immorality in any way, in any form, whether thought or behavior. Where does it enter first? Thought or your behavior, whether visual or written. Every other sin that a man commits is outside the body, but the one who is sexually immoral sins against his own body. So you begin to see here, Satan attacks your spirit. Next one, please. Do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is within you, whom you have received as a gift from God? And that you're not your own property. Next. <clears throat> you were bought with a price. You were actually purchased with the precious blood of Jesus and made his own. So then honor and glorify God with your body. Amen. I didn't hear an amen anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Next one, 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 24 to 27. Quickly. So what, does, so what does the Holy Spirit want to do? Where does He want you to have self-control in? Your spirit, soul, your body. We're talking about the body now, only now. Do you not know that in a race all the runners run? He's talking about here that if you don't bring your body into subject, you'll be disqualified. So if you lack self-control in your journey, unfortunately, you'll be disqualified from the price that is set before you. Do you not know that in a race all runners run, that they're very best to win, but only one receives the prize? Run your race in such a way that you may seize the prize and make it yours. Now, every athlete who goes into training and competes in the games is disciplined and exercises self-control in all things. They do it to win a crown that withers, but we do it to receive an imperishable crown that cannot wither. What's the key here, someone? Self-control. And what does self-control turn into? Habits. Habit, you just, habitually you learn to walk with God every day. Whatever you feed, you become. For both sin or the spirit. Next one, please. <clears throat> Therefore, I do not run without a definite goal. I do not flower around like one beating the air, just shadow boxing. Shadow boxing. 
But like a boxer, I strictly discipline my body and make it a slave so that after I have preached the gospel to others, I myself will not somehow be disqualified as unfit for service. Now, you lack self-control, you will be useless to the Lord. You'll be unfit, trustworthy for the Lord's work. Did you hear that, someone? Okay, next one. Next one's the big one. Your soul. Now, a lot of people think they hear God in the spirit, but it's actually their soul. And you know how the soul begins? I feel like God. I feel God. <laughs> I hear this every week. I feel... And I feel, and I feel, God is a voice. God is a voice. If I'm speaking about the Bible, it's God is a voice. He speaks. Because what about when you feel like you're in the valley? You don't hear him anymore? God is a voice. And I heard him both in the valley and on the top of the mountain. Why? Because I know how he speaks. He's a voice. And when the soul gets in the way, when the soul gets in the way, very dangerous, because God doesn't speak to the soul. He speaks to your spirit. And then from your spirit, you take it to the soul. Anyways, let me just, let me finish this obstacle first. The soul... Now, please pay attention. Are we ready? Paul talks about casting every imagination to the knowledge of God. Even your imagination can be your enemy. Anyways, the soul is the realm of decisions. The soul lives in your mind, the will, the emotions, and your personality. So in the soul lives your mind, the will, emotions, and personality. Your mind, what you imagine. Your will, what you want. Your emotions, what you feel. Is that clear for everyone? I try to simplify as much as I can. The soul is the neutral, gr neutral ground between the body and the spirit. It is the place where free will is exercised. We understand that. Okay. So the, it is the place where free will is exercised, your soul. The soul is eternal and everyone has a soul, redeemed or unredeemed. The wicked have souls and the godly have souls. We'll read the godly one. Let's not go to the wicked one now. Let's go to 3 John chapter 1, please. I just want to quickly finish this to give you an understanding of how God wants you to have self-control. <clears throat> so the elder of the church addresses this letter to the beloved and esteemed Gaius and whom I love in the truth. Beloved, I pray that in every way you may succeed and prosper and be in good health physically 
just as I know your soul prospers spiritually. Now, what, the, what is he speaking about here now? He wants your soul, because your soul is prospering spiritually, you'll be in good health. Are we understanding now? So look at the promise here. Just as I know your soul prospers spiritually, you will succeed and prosper and also be in good health physically. Now, next one. For I was greatly pleased when some of the brothers came from time to time and testified to your faithfulness to the what? Yeah, to the truth. They test, he's saying here he's, he's happy with them. And he can see they're, pro they're progressing and they're prospering in their soul. They're prospering in good health. Why? Because they're faithful to the truth. Now, it's sad to say why so many people are declining in their life, both physically and, and, and in their soul, is because they're not faithful to the truth. But that, but that doesn't mean you stay there. It means you can get out. It doesn't mean you stay there. But he's showing you the, the template of what it truly means to be a true follower of Christ. I have no greater joy than this, to hear that my spiritual children are living their lives in the truth. Beloved, you are acting faithfully in what you are providing for the brothers and especially when they are strangers. Now, this is another sect, but I don't want to... I'll just put that in there to show you. No, we'll stop it now. So I gave you a picture here of how God wants us to prosper in the soul and prosper in physical health. Why? Because they're faithful to the truth. Okay. Your spirit. Your spirit is your connection with God. It is the innermost part of your being, the center of you, the source of your identity. Your spirit is the deepest part of you. And your spirit knows perfect fellowship with God. We'll quickly, we'll quickly go to 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 10 to 12. For God has unveiled them and revealed them to us through the Holy Spirit. For the Spirit searches all things diligently, even sounding and measuring the profound depths of God, the divine counsels, and the things far beyond human understanding. For what person knows the thoughts and motives of a man except the man's spirit within him? So also no one knows the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. So where does God communicate to? To the spirit of man. He doesn't communicate to our soul. Our soul is meant to get food from where? From the Word of God. You are to feed your soul with the Word of God. Your spirit is connected to the Holy Spirit. But your soul, your free will, you, you get that food when you sit with the Word of God. 
Now, there are many scriptures that speaks about feeding your soul. And your duty is to sit with the Word of God and feed your soul. Your spirit, the spirit of man, is where the Holy Spirit speaks to you. Your soul, your soul is, your soul feeds your body. When you feed the Word of God to your soul, it nourishes your body. But your spirit is the center of your identity and it hears from God. Do we understand that? So can I just make it clear? When the Holy Spirit speaks, He is a voice. Okay? So, so if I was to come and talk to you, I'm going to speak a word to you. So when you come to pray and you don't hear anything, don't do nothing. Because when you don't, when you don't get our way, we turn to the next uh, alternative. I feel... Do you feel peace about it? That's what I do for every week. Do you feel peace about it? Yeah, I feel it's good. But it's the world. I feel it's good because I'm impatient. I feel it's good because I've been, I deserve it. That's Christianity today. I deserve so much, so I feel like it's the right thing. How can you say I feel peace? That's what I do for every single week. It's God. It's peace. Second Timothy chapter one verse seven. For God did not give us a spirit of timidity, timidity or cowardness or fear, but He has given us a spirit of power and of love and of sound judgment and personal discipline. Ability is the result of calm, result in calm, well-balanced mind and self-control. So where does self-control birth from? Where is self-control birthed from? From spending time with the Holy Spirit. The key to unlocking the Holy Spirit to produce self-control in you determines how much time you actually spend with Him. Do we understand that? So someone, someone would say, I speak self-control over me. It's not like that. We are so good at speaking Scripture over ourselves. But the more you yield to the Holy Spirit every day, the more he births in the innermost being through your spirit, self-control. And that's a day-to-day -day walk with him. The Bible is clear that when you walk by the spirit, you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. And what are the desires of the flesh? What are the two major things? Temptation and urges. Urges. What allows you to go after sin is it's called an urge. An urge is what makes so many people uh, eat the fruit. So when you're walking by the Spirit every day, the Bible says you will not gratify its desire. You won't have a desire to actually eat it anymore. Do you understand that? It's very important you understand that. And that's a day-to-day -day commitment in the Lord. Very important we understand this. So the Holy Spirit shows you 
the three areas where he wants you to have self-control over. Your body, your soul, and your spirit. Very important you understand this. Now, I wrote something else. I'll give you five more minutes. There are four areas where self-control focuses on. And I'm not going to read out the scriptures, but I'm just going to quickly speak about the four areas where God tests your self-control. Are we ready? Number one, self-control is in our speech, the words that we speak. Number one. Number two, self-control is in our, our walk with Christ. Number two. Number three, self-control in your character. And the biggest one is four, self-control in your trials. Self-control in your trials, this is how I learned to fight my trials. Because my flesh, I can't tell you how many challenges I've been through, my wife can testify. I've been through every challenge you can think. I have not, or even when days are good, I don't get off my knees. I'm seeking his face because I know in trials, in trials, many people um, lose their true course of how to walk with Christ. When things, get, when things get hot, that's when the metals begin to expand. Do you have self-control in trials? Where you're in the room and you're seeking him and worshipping him and focusing on him. Now I had a dream, you reminded me of something and I'll finish up with this. I had a dream when the Lord spoke to me regarding COVID. And I was fasting for 21 days. The Holy Spirit spoke to me on the 17th day and he showed me two houses and there were two types of believers. And a tornado came a tornado came and uproot one house from the roots and the whole house got thrown into the tornado and it got destroyed. And he showed me that's one part of believers that when the COVID comes, they will not come back to the Lord. They will be uprooted because their foundation was shallow. Now the other house that I saw, just the roof got damaged and the tiles got damaged, but the house stood. And the Holy Spirit showed me that this believer, he got attacked in the mind and he wrestled and he struggled in his journey, but his foundation still stood. And he showed me that's another believer who was committed to praying and standing firm in me. And that's what it's like. When trials come, we can get persuaded by what everyone's saying, what everyone's doing, rather than what God actually says. And then after the tornado came, a rainbow came. After the tornado in the dream. And he said, it's going to pass over. But my hand will remain on you. Tell the people this, not to give in to it. What did the people do? They opened their churches to get vaccinated. They opened their churches to get vaccinated. And then people were saying, if you're vaccinated, if you're not vaccinated, but the Lord already spoke. If he spoke through a fool like me, so be it. But he spoke and he gave direction to protect. 
the young, the vulnerable, and the mature. And it's just a lesson for us because in times, I'll just give the example of COVID. In times where everyone's telling you, this is what we have to do, this is what the world is saying, I hid myself in prayer. I hid myself in the Lord. And not only the Lord protected me, but he spoke to me to warn the rest of the people that they don't give in to the snares of the devil. And that's a trial. That COVID was a trial for everyone. Many people took their life because they're shallow. Their life was shallow in the Lord. The Lord didn't want anyone to take their life, but many people committed suicide. Many people lost their course. Some people here got the jab. I'm not here to condemn you. I'm just here to tell you that the Lord spoke. And the mature people, the elders in the faith, they said, you know, you pray, see what God tells you. But the Lord really spoke. If he spoke through a fool like me, so be it. But he spoke to the people. And he said to me, it will pass over and everything will be restored. And you look at it in that time, the whole world's crushing. They're, they're scared. But the Lord said, it's going to pass over. And he showed me a Christian that's committed to him and prayer. He will always protect you. But in trials, people lost their course. Self-control in trials is the most important thing. Because when everything's crumbling around you, Satan has believed that you're going to leave the course of Christ. I hid myself and I prayed. And I hid myself and I prayed. And I said, Lord... Show me what's going to happen. And he took me and he showed me everything. And I'm not a person, I don't watch TV. I don't watch TV. I'm not a person that goes on these uh, channels to see conspiracy people and all this stuff. <laughs> I don't. I spend time with the Lord. I'm not saying it to condemn people who do it. But you're, you're, we, we serve a God who's living. We serve a God who can communicate with us. We serve the Lord. His hand's not short anymore. His hand's with us. But I learned something. Self-control. If I can have self-control over my spirit when everything's going tough, when God's disciplining me, when God's refining me, when God's trying to birth me to move forward and I can stay steadfast in prayer, steadfast in my journey, I will never be moved. I will never be moved. That's the greatest lesson I learned, to have self-control in trials. And what does it mean to have self-control in trials? Don't leave your station or your post of prayer. Your commitment has to be the same, whether it's good or bad. Amen? Amen. So a lot of people's journey differs. Their compass, they start to slowly, slowly move away from their true calling of Christ. And one man said before, he said, a millimeter, a centimeter, I started the ship, and after days of traveling, I found that I was kilometers off course. And that's all it takes. A little bit of everyone's taking the jab. Everyone tells you to do this. Everyone tells you that's the way. If everyone's doing it, let's all do it. But Christ has spoken to us. And he protected us. Okay? I prayed for one man. Uh, who was with me? Was Joe, were you with me? Joe was with me. He had, a, he had the COVID shot. And his whole half his body was paralyzed. Were you with me, Joe, or George? Both of you were with me. Uh, they were with me when I went to preach. Um, half his body was paralyzed with the COVID shot. I say this 
for the people who took the COVID shot that Jesus can heal that as, as well. So you don't get scared. I see a lot of people scared. And the man, he's half paralyzed, and he, um, he accepted the good news when I went to preach. And they said that he had a heart attack, and half his body got paralyzed, but it was really from the jab, because it was happened the next day after the jab that his body done that. He was on a current affair doing all this stuff, and I said, my friend, can I tell you something? Jesus can heal you. Jesus' blood... If you took the jab in ignorance or you weren't sure or fear, whatever it was, Jesus can heal you, just come to him. And the Holy Spirit come on him and his whole body got restored. His whole body, he, he got up fully restored. He, he's doing this, walking like that. And he left there free. But that's the gospel. But better than that, wouldn't you want to be connected to the Lord? Where every, everything that he's doing, you're part of it. Everything that he's doing on earth, you're part of it. You're part of his vision. You're co-laboring with him. When you operate in self-control, you are part of that vision. But when you live a life that's uh, loose, and you're living a life with a mask, double standards, then you miss out. And I can't tell you the things that we saw, but it was beautiful. In the midst where the devil was rampaging, destroying everyone, Jesus was moving. So bless you all. And today, a lot of work needs to be done, right? Yes? You should be jumping for joy now, because this is the way out of your troubles. But I learned something here. All the churches, I'm not condemning anyone, all the churches that praise Jesus in the good season and in the bad season, they bow, don't go there anymore. Don't go there. And I'm just protecting you. Don't go there. Find people who are connected to the Holy Spirit and are God-fearing people. Stay connected to these people. People who are saying, you pray and... Uh, and ask the Lord if you should take it or you should not take it. These people just come to the Lord. They're just babes. They don't even... They just know Jesus loves them and he died on the cross. And, and they're telling these people, pray and, and you ask the Lord. Anyways, I was fuming. <laughs> I was actually fuming. Because we have to protect God's people. So let's pray. So I'll share something with you as we finish. <clears throat> From this you learn that self-control is a journey that you have to walk. All right, that's it. It's all over. It's all over. Holy Spirit just left. From this teaching, you, can I share something with you? From this teaching, don't be hard on yourself. Where you are is where you are. Come to terms that this is where you are, but come to terms that you're not going to stay here. This is the best advice I give you today. Come to terms 
okay, I'm lacking self-control, Lord, in my body or in my soul or in my spirit, but Lord, I want to move forward. The moment you're honest with yourself is the moment you can move forward. The moment you're honest with yourself and you reflect it back to Christ, you can begin to move forward. I shared this with you. But I thank the Lord that He allowed us to diagnose why people are lacking self-control. And that's a breakthrough in itself. But I share with you, the Lord wants us to be a complete Christian. Open your hearts today. The one who calls you is faithful and He will do it. But just learn, it's not an overnight thing. It's a habit, the way you live your life and walk with Him. Okay? We thank you, Jesus, and we honor you, Lord, and we bless your name. Lord, thank you that because you live in us, we are able to walk in this way. Lord, your word says, greater is the one who is in us than the one who is in the world. I thank you, Lord, because you live in us through the Holy Spirit, we can walk in self-control. It is a gift through the Holy Spirit. And I thank you, Lord. And I pray it over every person in this place that from knowledge we can move into self-control by the Spirit of grace. We worship you, Lord. All the people, Lord, that are struggling in their journey, that are dry and barren, that are frustrated, I pray, Lord, that you lift him out of this area. Lift them, Lord, by your Holy Spirit. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. For there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ. Thank you, Lord, that you're going to birth them in a place of self-control. Hallelujah, Jesus. Lift your hands to him. Because God is a spirit, we worship him in the spirit and the truth. We worship you, Jesus Christ. And we, we love you, Lord, and we bless your name. Thank you for giving us the privilege to call you Father. And we are your sons and your daughters. We love you, Lord, and we honor you. We remember what you've done at the cross. You purchased us in full by your blood. Thank you for your blood, Lord, that makes us whole. Thank you, Lord, for your great mercy that holds us to this day. Thank you, Lord. Refresh everyone here, Lord. Let us have joy and peace as we enjoy your perfect sacrifice as the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. But strengthen us, Lord, so we can become mature, so we can have the right attitude of your standard of living. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Let your presence of love come upon everyone, Lord, so they can be refreshed. Thank you, Jesus. We love you, Lord. We honor you. We bless you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for doing everything of what the Lord Jesus commands you. Amen. Hallelujah.